On today's episode of Double Down Trent, we have a very special episode. This is episode 50 of Double Down Trent. Never thought we'd make it this far, so myself, the man, and Aaron, the model, we reflect back on 50 episodes and how far we have come. And then we focus back on the Man vs. Model Challenge. Don't look now, but the man is hot, coming off a four-in-one week. We break down the Michigan ass-whooping by Wisconsin. We also discuss how Notre Dame held with Georgia and actually made it a competitive game. And then we look ahead to this week's slate of games, which has got a ton of action. And then in part two, we welcome on our NFL insider, Coulter, as we look ahead at week four in the NFL. We're making our key picks, so stick around for a very special episode 50 of Double Down Trend. Double down Trent, you might want to tune in Talking gambling and sports, predicting who might win Pop culture to movies, let's start up the combo Ryan and Aaron, man versus the motto Keep it authentic and it's always live So competitive, so you know it's always hype Make sure you subscribe, trust you don't want to miss Going all in here on Double Down Trent Hey, yeah, Double Down Trent, let's go This is Double Down Trent All right, welcome to Double Down Trent, the podcast where two elementary school buddies are talking sports, gambling, and pop culture. My name is Ryan. I am your co-host as always. Once again, I am joined by my co-host Aaron, a.k.a. The Model. Air, how you feel, my man? Uh, Really good. Really good. Do you know why? I don't. Why? Why are you feeling good? Five zero, my friend. Do you know what that means? Number 50. We are on episode 50, so let's just take a hot second to reflect because about a year and a year and a half ago when we came together to try and get this off the ground, did you ever think we'd get to 50? I didn't. I didn't think you'd last that long. I, I didn't either. I know myself, okay? <laughs> <laughs> but here we are, man, and uh, you know, obviously we want to thank the listeners for, for listening, for playing along with us, for engaging with us on social media, sending in your picks, so I uh, really appreciate that. Do you want to do a quick time to look back and reflect and see how we're doing? Or what do you want to do here? It's episode 50. I know. I know. It's crazy. I It has really been a lot of fun. to, to We met a bunch of cool people. Um, it's been some fun conversations. We've put ourselves out there in terms of making some predictions, some of them coming through, some of them crashing and burning. <laughs> uh, it's cool. I, I can't believe we've, we've lasted this long. I will be interested to see what the next 50 episodes, my friend, take us. Absolutely. And I'll recap. So you uh, last year destroyed me in every sports competition. The model had the reputation and delivered. The man (laughs) did not. I got some solace, though, by doing some pop culture contests and I kicked your ass in those. We're going to hopefully try and pick those back up again so I can get some more wins under my belt. Because right now, you know, the model is the model and now you've got your data. So it's been fun, man. It's been everything from college football to Game of Thrones to a little <laughs> crossfire segment that we do to learn more about each other and kind of test our trivia skills. A little Off bit of everything. Podcast, everything, man. So we've been doing the movie fantasy draft. So, you know, any listener who uh, is following us or has our contact information, if you've got things that you want to hear, send it over to us. Get in touch with us. We're happy to do it. Uh, so, that's episode 50 and uh, looking back on everything. So let's segue now into episode 50. So let's tell the listeners uh, where they can find us. 
Yep. So a little bit of business. You can find the podcast wherever you get your podcast, Apple Podcasts, Anchor, Spotify. We're also on social media. We do Twitter. Check us out at Double Down Corp. And yep. we're on Instagram at Double Down Trent. Yeah. And uh, I want to just take a second to call out uh, a couple of people. So uh, we're making a push. We're trying to add some followers on Twitter. So uh, moving forward, if you follow us on Twitter and it is in between episodes, we're going to call you out as a thank you. So I got a couple of people who followed us here. So uh, to the podcast movement, thank you for following us. Uh, and I'm just going to give a random one here as well to David Creekmer at DM Creek. Thanks for following us, man. Love it. You can also uh, find us on our website. So doubledowntrent.com. That'll be the place that you go to get in contact with us, leave us a voicemail, which has happened in the past, or yeah, even join Mark this Walbert. football competition and make your uh, college picks. Yeah. Can you believe who called in yeah. a couple of weeks ago? We forgot to call that out. Mark Wahlberg left us a fucking message. <laughs> amazing. Mark. I can't believe he was a listener. Yeah. Who knows? You just never know who's out there. So, well, we're going to have to keep, uh, keep putting out that content. Maybe we've got some more celebs following us. So if you are just joining the podcast, we do a, what we call a man versus model competition. We each are picking five college football games each week against the spread. We are inviting our listeners to join in and come along for the ride across the season. We have the man over there who is an ex-college football player, just goes on his gut, his charisma, his dashing good looks. Ooh, keep it coming, my man. <laughs> <laughs> and across this other side of the table, we have the model. We have logic. We have data. We have a shiny bald head. <laughs> and that's it. We go up against each other. So go check out doubledowntrent.com. Uh, join our competition, make our picks, and we will review kind of where we are this week. We'll review listener standings, and we will talk about some of the games that we have queued up for next week. Anything you're most excited about coming from this past week? Yeah, I've got some takeaways, so I'm just going to save my specific thoughts on the games, but I do want to say I am feeling good right now, okay? I went 4-1 last week. I am seeing the field, my friend. <laughs> on fire right yeah. now, I would say. Yeah. So um, before yeah, we review, get in, review. Yeah, before we even get into listener standings, I want to give a huge shout-out to three folks you being one of them, you went four and one in your in your picks last week. Baby. The other two is Jojo, who also Jojo. went four and one. He is currently still in first place, but not by much. You're you're right there. And then the legend, another listener who uh, came in with that entry, just dominated last week, also came in four and one. Those were the best record from the uh, five games that we picked last week. Yeah. And I got a message for you, Jojo. First of all, thank you for listening and playing along with us. But second of all, I'm coming for that ass. OK, I see you. You're in my sights. I am coming for that top spot. You better watch out, Jojo. So Jojo is barely ahead of you. So to go into listener standings right now, Jojo is in first place. He has 70 percent accuracy. He has 14 wins, six losses against the spread. That is absolutely staggering. That's incredible. Um, you are in second. You're there. You're yep. not too far behind. So you have 14 wins, eight losses for a 64% accuracy. Jojo came in a little late. He missed the first week where we picked two games. Hey, I'm coming. I told him. Yeah. So good job, Jojo. In third, we have Shep Dog, uh, nine wins, six losses for 60%. And then in fourth, we have a pileup. We have a huge tie. So we have uh, everyone is at 50% accuracy here. We have AK, Graham, okay, AK. 
Lenny, Luan, and the legend. And everyone has at uh, different wins and losses, but the, everyone is at 50% tied for fourth. In ninth place, we also have a tie. I am in ninth place at 45% accuracy. And the little model may or may not be my five-year-old son <laughs> is also at 45%. We're tied. I'm really hoping that starts to change uh, starting this week with the model in full bore. We'll see. I don't know, man. I think you. I think your son might have a little edge on you. He loves picking him every week. It's, I should take a <laughs> video of that. And we should include it somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then in eleventh place, we have Colorado Rocky at forty percent accuracy. Uh, they've gone eight for eight wins, twelve losses. Tie for twelfth place, Dumb Man forty seven, thirty two percent accuracy alongside Mrs. Model. And then in last, we have Deep Buff bringing up the rear, still at twenty nine percent accuracy with five wins and twelve losses. Listen, folks, there's a lot of season left, so you can make a big comeback in these standings. You just got to choose wisely and listen to what the man has to say. (laughs) So let's go through the five games that we had picked last week and see where we landed, how we got here. The first game was a doozy on the schedule. Everyone had this one circled, and it came out to be just a blowout. A dud. So we had Wisconsin was home against the visiting Michigan Wolverine team. Wisconsin was favored by three and a half. I had taken Michigan, which ended up getting obviously blown out. You had taken Wisconsin. What are your thoughts from that game? I mean, I don't want to play back the tape from last week, but I called it, man. I said, Michigan sucks. Harbaugh sucks. Shea Patterson sucks. They're just an overrated team right now. They have no relevance. And I also said that Wisconsin is always in the Big Ten, and they just flexed their muscles. Jonathan Taylor is the real deal. I mean, he had 140 yards in the first quarter. He had a little tweaked up there. So, he, you know, he didn't have a chance to set like a career or historic day, but they ran all over Michigan. It looked like Harbaugh was clueless. That offense had no choice, like no chance. It was 35, nothing at one point. It was unbelievable. And they didn't even need Taylor. I mean, given yeah. that he had gotten a tweak, it was probably best to rest him anyway, yeah. given the score of the game. So, uh, question for you. There's rumors coming out, and I know he's already answered the question, but Urban Meyer is rumored to be considering the Michigan role. Now, he was asked on, a, I think, a Columbus radio station if that was true, and he said absolutely not. But do you think Urban Meyer either, one, lands with the Michigan Wolverines, or two, comes back to college football in the next year or two? Okay, I'm going to answer the latter first. I think he's 100% coming back. He This is his his trend. He does this. This is what he, this, he lives for this. And he just is a lifetime coach. He's not going to be happy in the booth or in the pregames calling these things. He's a football coach. He's going to come back. I don't think it's Michigan. Yeah. I don't think it's Michigan. And it's not just because he was at Ohio state. And that would be weird, but I, I just, I don't think it's Michigan. They're an aging program that is no longer relevant. Having said that, and this is a good segue to our next game. I could see him going to Notre Dame. I think if Notre Dame just really falters here and crashes and burns in a hardcore way. I wouldn't be surprised if Brian Kelly gets shown the door and mostly because urban is kind of backdoor behind the scenes, politicking for that job. He's got a, a history at Notre Dame. I think he was an assistant coach there a long, long time ago. I can see a path where that happens uh, if it's not Notre Dame, though, I do think he's going to eventually come back to a big program and try and take that back over. 
I think the other rumor, I, and I don't hate that. I actually could see him landing at Notre Dame. I don't hate that at all. The other rumor that I was hearing is that uh, he's maybe being considered at USC if yeah, Clay Helton continues yep. to not coach all that well, and they, you know, just are a dumpster fire. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I don't. I don't hate that having him land at Notre Dame. I think it's going to be a school that is uh, a perennial powerhouse that maybe is like a little down right now. They're not at their prestige point. And th- there's mutual interest in the school that like a school like USC is a perfect example. Notre Dame, we'll talk about them next. You know, they're they're more relevant right now than Michigan. They got a, at least a better team. But I don't think that, that without a major coach like Urban Meyer, I don't think they can get back to that level. I read something that they are one in uh, I think it was 18 against top five ranked teams the past like wow. 20 years or something like that so wow don't don't quote me on that but it's something similar to that so that oh, that's the that's to our next game okay yep so you're t- just alluding to it so one of the best games of the weekend georgia was home playing a visiting notre dame team the line was huge it was georgia was favored by 13 and a half points notre dame underdog by 13 and a half you and i were both on the same page here we were both wearing our go dogs red did not come through it was a closer game than we thought Notre Dame was even driving at the end, had a chance to win it. They think they were down by six and ended up losing by six. But we both ended up getting the L on this one. Yeah. And, you know, Georgia got the win in the game, but didn't cover the spread. Um, Great game. I watched this entire game. Now that I've been adopted by the Georgia football family, I am officially a Georgia football fan. Uh, But Notre Dame showed me something. I, I was really down on them. 13 and a half points is a lot for a team, especially that I think they're the seventh ranked team going into that game. And they showed me a lot, both offensively and defensively. I mean, they hung there. Georgia's offense is pretty good. Uh, their defense, though, is really good. Notre Dame was able to, you know, drive down the field, keep it close. Ian Book showed some flashes. So uh, I, I did. I was more impressed with Notre Dame than I had been going into that game. But, um, you know, it's a, it's a hard-fought win for Georgia. They got now a top-10 win under their belt. They're going to go into SEC play, uh, you know, with some of those heavies on their, their schedule. They're shaping up, though, to have a showdown in the SEC championship game with Alabama, and it's going to be fucking awesome. Yeah, and Georgia has a great schedule this year where they have a bunch of home games. Um, Their away games aren't all that hard. I think they were away at Vanderbilt, and they have a couple other ones, but they're more kind of cupcakes. So, yeah, it'll be very interesting. I'm glad they pulled this one out. I'm glad my future bet with them continues onward. So we'll see if they uh, can keep pulling it together. Yeah, and not to overlook uh, the team involved in our next game, but, you know, I like the way Georgia's playing right now. So let's, let's talk about the next game. For sure. So Texas A&M was home against a visiting Auburn team. Texas A&M was the favorite, even though they've already had a loss and were the lower ranked team. Uh, Texas A&M was minus four. Auburn was plus four. You and I were both on the same page here. We'd both taken Auburn at plus four and that came through to win. Uh, They ended up pulling out this game. Yeah. And you know, Bo Nix looks like he's the real deal as well. He looks like he's got every bit of the the moxie that you want from a quarterback. And, you know, I know they produced Cam Newton, but it's surprising how few SEC quarterbacks have had success in the NFL. I can see Bo Nix having a really successful career along with some of these other guys like Jake Fromm right now. But, um, yeah, you know, really, Georgia has got Auburn on the schedule. That's later in the, in the year. I think it's in November. That's going to be their hurdle. And if they can beat that Auburn team, then they're sitting pretty. So uh, this game was was pretty good. I enjoyed this game, but I was, you know, I didn't think this was going to be a major risk. So Auburn with the cover, just chalk it up as another win for the man. Yeah, and you got to think that uh, A&M's got to fall, maybe still be uh, ranked in the top twenty-five, but yeah. pretty low given that they are now two and two. They've had a 
tough schedule. Yeah, I mean, they've lost to Clemson now to Auburn, so it's not like they're getting bad losses, but they are losses, so they're going to fall a little bit. All right, so our next game was another good one. Texas was home against Oklahoma State. Texas was favored by seven. Oklahoma State underdog by seven. You and I differed on this one. I had taken Texas minus seven. I thought that they were going to win by, I think my model said something around 11 points. Oklahoma State, you had taken them. That ended up coming through. This game was a lot of back and forth. Texas was covering for a while, and then Oklahoma State would score. I was flipping back and forth between this and other games, and I didn't watch the end. Um, But I was chagrined i guess to feel that uh oklahoma state ended up coming through and covering for you yeah another really good game and i i was on oklahoma state for a couple of reasons as we've discussed in this podcast at length i am done with fucking texas i'm never picking them again uh but also oklahoma state under mike gundy had historically done really well in texas they had won there a lot of times um seven points was a lot that's why i took it ended up being a six point uh you know win for texas so oklahoma's got that cover uh and you know what Texas, that's a big win for you for them, but they're still done. They're 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 a joke. They're not going to be able to compete. So fuck them. <laughs> yeah, and we'll really see kind of what that what that looks like and how that goes. They, uh, I think Texas still has a couple um, interesting games coming up in the calendar. Obviously, Oklahoma is the yep. biggie. Um, they also have Iowa State coming up, and then uh, I think TCU and Baylor will also be two interesting ones to see kind of how they match up and see if Texas can come through and win both of those games. But uh, we'll see how they do the rest of the year. Yeah, that Oklahoma one's going to be really big for them. It'll be, yeah, that'll (laughs) be a great one. All right, our last game from uh, last week, BYU was home against Washington. BYU was the underdog by six and a half points. Washington favored by six and a half. You and I were both on the same page here. We'd both taken Washington uh, six and a half. And Washington was came through with a statement game. Uh, Eason, uh, their quarterback, really showed up and played well. Um, they did not have any trouble and put this one away. Yeah, this one was even close. I mean, 45-19. I mean, and you know, the big reason I picked Washington was they had a really big, uh, you know, win the previous week. They showed me some things there. So uh, they really came through in a huge way. They're going to be a team that I want to watch for. You know, Pac-12, I'm still not sold on that conference. But, you know, they've got a real shot to make some noise here. They got to win out, obviously, but, uh, you know, there, there may be a dark horse to watch to potentially sneak in uh, into the playoff if a lot of things fall their way. So I'm curious to see what they do the rest of the way. Yeah, that'll be interesting. All right. You want to jump to this week? Let's do it. I mean, I'm riding high, man. I am riding high. I got to make some picks and stay hot. You know, I'm feeling another four in one week, either from you or me. I'm just sure hoping it's going to be me. <laughs> We shall see, my friend. What's our first game? All right. Well, we have a, we have a couple of decent games this week. The first one that I liked was just uh, a, a bunch of pan, panache around it. So Nebraska is home against a real good visiting Ohio State team. The line that I'm seeing right now uh, or that we have is Nebraska plus 17, Ohio State minus 17. Which one are you going? Are you taking those Cornhuskers? who have been uh, promoted highly over the course of the offseason but haven't really played all that well? Are you going back with your tried and true Ohio State Buckeyes? Yeah. I think Nebraska has been a little disappointing this year. I think, you know, if Scott Frost is being honest, I think he would expect a, a little more from his team right now. Uh, Ohio State and Justin Fields look unstoppable. I'm actually regretting that we didn't pick Justin Fields when we did our uh, futures bet on the Heisman because he's looking like a real dark horse. Uh, you know, obviously with Tua and, and Trevor Lawrence are there, it's tough to say that, you know, another quarterback might sneak in and take that, but he's looked every bit like he belongs. This is a lot of points. And I think Nebraska is going to be really, you know, 
a tough battle for Ohio State. I, I was reading some articles that Ohio State's thinking as or taking this game as if this is like their biggest, uh, you know, roadblock right now to you know a potentially undefeated season. I just I got to ride with Ohio State right now. The way Justin Fields is playing, uh, you know, I know they're on the road here, but 17 points is is a lot. They can cover that pretty easily given how explosive that offense is. So I'm taking the Buckeyes, man. Yep, and I am right there with you. Um, so even though my model is giving me that they are expecting this to be an Ohio State win by about 16 points, that just feels low to me. It feels like um, I actually think Ohio State's gonna gonna win by more. So I'm actually overriding my model on this one, and I'm taking Ohio State minus 17 instead of Nebraska plus 17. I just think they're gonna be the better team. Nebraska has really struggled on offense trying to put points on the board, and I think Ohio State's just electric so i think this will be a big win for the buckeyes even though i wouldn't mind seeing them lose sometime this year yeah i would too but i i don't think this is the game the question is going to be can they cover and i think they're gonna yeah all right our next game is another one going throw back to notre dame we're bringing them back they actually have a sneaky good acc team this year and uh this week in virginia notre dame is the big favorite they're home favored by 11 and a half points virginia is the underdog acc plus 11 and a half where are you landing? Are you taking the Cavaliers, Virginia, or are you going Notre Dame? Yeah, this is a surprising uh, line, given that Virginia is the 18th ranked team in the country. People are sleeping on Virginia, and they haven't played too many uh, you know, really tough opponents. They got a win against Pittsburgh. They beat Florida State, who's kind of down again this year. Um, you know, having watched Notre Dame hang with Georgia, I was really torn in this game because they, they showed me things that I didn't think they had. Their defense is pretty good. As I said, Ian book showed me some flashes. Uh, I just think this is too many points to give to Virginia. Um, you know, Notre Dame's offense, they're not going to be putting up a ton of points. So I think given the fact that this is 11 and a half, I'm going to take the Cavaliers to cover, man. Okay. I like it. Um, I'm going against you here though. I'm taking the Notre Dame fighting Irish. Um, I think that they're going to kind of show up here and do well. My model has them as winning by 18 points. So I'd like to think that they come through and win by more than a touchdown from what I'm seeing with this spread here. So I'm taking Notre Dame minus 11 and a half, and I think they'll win by you know more than that. Wow, 18 and a half. That kind of makes me nervous right now. We'll see if that actually holds true across a bunch of these games, and then you can actually get nervous. Otherwise, you can just <laughs> scoff at me. All right, we'll see. We'll see. All right. Our next game is one of the uh, bigger spreads that we're seeing this week. I just wanted to include some of the Big 12. And, uh, you know, this is one of the best ones that I thought that they had. Oklahoma's playing Texas Tech. Oklahoma is a huge favorite. They've been playing really well. They're favored by 27 points. Jalen Hurts and that offense just cannot be stopped. Texas Tech coming as the away team. Huge underdog of plus 27. Who are you taking? Are you taking those little little underdogs from Texas tech. Are you taking Oklahoma? So Jalen hurts looks like he's a whole different quarterback under Lincoln Riley. You know, he obviously was really good in Alabama, but now he's, he's added an element to his game that I didn't think he had. And he's really showing that he can throw the ball. I mean, he also, I know we talked about dark horses for Heisman. He's going to be in New York. He's going to be at that ceremony, whether or not he can get enough votes is going to be the thing. They blew out a shitty UCLA team. Uh, I'm not even looking at that. The game that I thought that really had some uh, comparisons here is the the Houston game. And I know Houston's probably a little bit better than Texas Tech. Um, it's so many fucking points. But that Oklahoma offense can put up 
a ton of points and they can put up points really quickly. I think that they've got to blow this game out if they want to have some style points here for the rest of the season. You know, they've got the big game against Texas looming down the schedule. So I think they're going to come out here and try and make this a statement win. Uh, I think they blow them out here. Give me fucking Oklahoma to cover the 27. Yeah, I love that pick. I like that we're on the same page. So I'm right there with you. I'm taking Oklahoma um, minus 27. The model has this game as Oklahoma winning by about 29 points. So pretty close to the spread. Um, Just looking back at kind of what Texas Tech has played over the last three weeks, they started with a non-major game and playing Montana State. They won. Uh, they put up 45 points uh, on the board. They played UTEP, who is a bottom seller dweller for the. Uh, <laughs> That's one way uh, to put it. College football. You like that? Yeah. When <laughs> um, T- Texas Tech had put up 38 points there, but then when they played their first kind of quote-unquote real opponent, it was uh, Arizona last week from the Pac-12. They lost that game. They only put up 14 points and gave up 28. So I'm kind of thinking that it's going to be similar talent-wise. I wouldn't be shocked to see them put up 14 or 21 points this week against uh, Oklahoma. But then I could just see Oklahoma putting up, you know, easily 48. So I just think that Oklahoma will cover this game and play uh, play a good one. And you know, I think Texas Tech is just going to get rolled. Okay, fair enough. Okay. Our next game is a great one from the SEC. We have Auburn, who is home, coming off a great win against at Texas A&M. They are playing a Mississippi State team. Auburn is the favorite at minus 11. Mississippi State, the underdog, plus 11. Who do you have? So I was riding high with Auburn. I've picked them a few times. They've covered for me. They've won in uh, pretty conf- – well, not convincing, but Bo Nix would convince me that he's the real deal. Uh, this is an SEC matchup, obviously, so you never know when uh, your teams are playing in that conference, except if you're playing, obviously, like Vandy or Tennessee or fucking someone of those teams. Um, I, you know, this is a, a, a betting testament that I'm going to tell you. It should go up there on the uh, betting fucking bill of rights. It should be on every fucking like any kind of manifesto that you got. It's this when you've got a hot team. And they are coming through and covering for you. You keep riding them until they don't. Give me Bo Nix. Give me <laughs> Auburn War Eagle. Let's go, baby. <laughs> Not so fast, my oh, friend. Oh, okay, Corso. What do you got? I am going the exact opposite you once again. I'm taking Mississippi State plus 11. I even will admit I may or may not have even bet this game. So here, here is what I'm seeing from the model. For whatever reason, the model thinks that this is going to be a super close game, even though Mississippi State is the visiting team. The model thinks that Auburn is going to win by about one point. So that gives me wow. 10 points to kind of, you know, give them some flexibility. If, if that they, they lose by 10, Mississippi State still covers. So I've bet this game. I've taken Mississippi State plus 11. Uh, and I think that they're going to cover this game and I hope they show up even though Auburn played a great game last week uh, against A&M and I was on Auburn. I'm doing the exact opposite of you here. I'm taking Miss, Miss State. I'm really curious now to see how this plays out because that's a big difference in terms of points and spreads here. So either one of two things is going to happen. Obviously, if Auburn gets this win, I chalk it up in my book. If, if it doesn't and the model is really seeing the board well now and he's got this prediction down. 
That bodes well for the model. I might have to start betting with you on the side, my friend. Well, and folks should take a look at our at our uh, Twitter. So I just put out um, earlier today, I put out my five best bets that I'm seeing based on the model. This wasn't in them. So I was actually seeing games that have even bigger spread differentials than what we're seeing from this kind of 10-point spread here. And we'll talk about that a little bit uh, after this, but we won't cover them all. But that's a good resource for folks to follow along and see if we're actually any good if we're just crashing and burning so we'll see all right what's our last game last game going to the pac-12 washington coming off a great win against byu a thumping i would say is home playing against a rejuvenated usc team don't like that one bit us uh washington is a pretty big favorite at nine and a half uh usc underdog at plus nine and a half who are you taking you going back with the huskies are you going back going for some of that trojan action yeah, this one's really tough for me. Um, I'm excited to watch this game. I think this is going to be really good. It's a 3:30 game, which in my head, this is a Pac-12 matchup. I feel like this should be one of those late games that I'm staying up all night to watch. And don't get me wrong, I love that. Um, so we talked about in previous episodes that we were all on Utah, and USC comes out and just knocks off Utah in pretty convincing fashion last week too. It's so, bad. Yeah, it's tough, but you know, obviously, given what, what Washington just did to BYU. It also makes me think I'm not sure what side to fall on here. Uh, I think the fact that this game, though, is in Washington is a huge difference. I think if this was at USC, uh, you know, maybe this is going to be a closer line. You know, who knows what's going to happen with that uh, that spread there. I just given the fact that Washington just dominated, I, I, I'm, I'm not going to be able to pick against them here moving forward. It's the hot team. It's picked this, this thing, or same thing I just said with Auburn. So I got to ride Washington here and, and hope that they cover that big spread. Yep. I like that pick a lot. I'm right there with you. I'm going to take Washington minus nine and a half. A couple of reasons. So one, my model has this game as Washington winning by about 15 points, maybe two touchdowns. Who knows? The other thing that I'm also liking is that um, the market has agreed with what my model is thinking. This game opened at Washington minus nine. The lines that I'm seeing right now are Washington minus 10 and a half or Washington even minus 11. So it's uh, more and more folks have come in there. So I'm right there with you. I like this pick. I think Washington shows up. And then I actually think that this is a good thing. So with if USC were to lose here, that puts uh, Utah kind of back in the hunt for possibly yep. getting to the conference final in the Pac-12, assuming that they can win some other games. USC may falter again. Um, so we'll see. So this will be a big game for us. We'll be rooting hard for Washington. Yeah. And listen, Chris Peterson, the head coach at Washington, is a really good coach. He was formerly at Boise State. So this guy knows how to coach. Uh, you know, a lot of times we talk about it in our NFL segment that, you know, the better coach often has the edge and we're making the pick here. I also think that's going to hold true in college a lot of times, too. So, um, you know, it's a big spread to cover, especially against a, a pretty, you know, hot team in USC the way they've been playing. But I just I think Washington's going to cover this game. All right. Do you want to go to a couple uh, bets that I'm looking at for this weekend? Absolutely. So this is a segment where, you know, the model has got some games that he's identified, uh, has some potential value that you may want to bet. We're not doing it in our picks contest, uh, but definitely some interest and some value for the listeners. So who you got here, Mr. Model? All right. I'll just call out one or two. And I uh, I tweeted earlier today so folks can go check out double, at Double Down Corp and see the five that I put up there. The best one I'm, that I'm seeing this week, and you talk to me and you tell me if this makes you a little nervous. I'm taking Vanderbilt minus six and a half over northern illinois so vanderbilt is home my model has this game as it's going to be a 30 point win from vanderbilt 
Whoa. So there, there's actually about a 24 points differential between what the spread is currently set at and what my model is predicting. So that's huge. It might tell you that my model is either very off or that it's actually going to go, well, what's your initial reaction to that? My initial reaction to that is I don't think Vanderbilt football's ever beaten anybody by 30. <laughs> Yeah. I do think they're going to win that game. I mean, obviously, you know, they, they hung with Georgia. I think they've got a better team than people think, even though they are Vanderbilt and they're in, you know, it's, it's they're the shitty team in the SEC. But I'm curious, though. I mean, that's a huge differential. So we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. I, Northern Illinois is a pretty good team. I know that they've played. I think they played Utah and they played them pretty close. I think they also played BYU and played them pretty well, uh, pretty close as well. Um, one of my worries here that my model kind of, one of the things I use that uh, keeps in the back of my mind is that from when a year changes, so from 2018 to 2019, I kind of reset a team's power rankings. And one of the inputs I use is what is the conference average? So for a team like Vanderbilt, who is a like a seller team in the SEC, they kind of get a little bump between last year and this year just because all the other SEC teams are really good. And my thought process there is that because they're in the SEC, they can kind of recruit and kind of pull in talent that might not be on the same level as a lot of the other SEC teams, but you kind of expect that it would be a little better than someone like a Northern Illinois. Yeah. And I'm just worried that it's over-exaggerating kind of what the actual talent is on the team, but uh, we'll see. I think that's sound logic, though, so let's keep an eye on that one. You got any other ones? Yes. So the other one that I want to mention is I'm taking Fresno State minus 17 and a half. So Fresno State is the visiting team. They are playing New Mexico State. I know this is the game I've oh. been thinking about all week. <laughs> I've said this last season, but this is also what I love about this segment is because we can find these games that I guarantee you only really sharp betters are paying attention to. And that's it. So let's hear it. What do you got for this game? Yeah. So what I'm seeing right now for this game is that I'm seeing that this is going to be a Fresno State win by 36 points, maybe 37 points. The line is set. So New Mexico State is the underdog by 17 and a half. So the spread differential I'm seeing here isn't as good as what I was seeing for Vanderbilt. Here it's about 19 point difference. So I uh, I like Fresno State here. Um, I think they're going to win by well more than uh, what I'm seeing at 17, 18. Um, so we'll see looking in the market right now, there hasn't been a whole lot of change. So this game opened at 17 and a half. I'm seeing 17 and a half nearly across the board at all the books. It's not super surprising to me, given that this isn't a super popular game where a lot of folks are betting on it. It's also relatively early in the week, but I'd like to think that this is going to be moving in my favor, that folks will be getting on Fresno and that this will kind of tick up to 18, 18 and a half. Uh, so we'll see. Um, but this is another one I'm excited about. One of the bigger differentials of the week. Fresno State coming in to play New Mexico State here. All right. I got to be honest. I know nothing about those two teams, so I don't think I can even offer any input here. But you got the data, and it looks uh, looks to be pretty good. We'll see how it goes. I can't remember if it's New Mexico or New Mexico State where the old ex-Notre Dame coach Bob Davey is uh, now yeah. coaching. Bob Davey. So how about it's that? It's at one of those two teams. I can't remember. It may be New Mexico, not New Mexico State. Okay. Well, regardless. So we gave uh, listeners some – at least – was it four or five picks on Twitter – I, I did five, five. So you got five on Twitter that you can check out. We just gave you two more freebies. I hope you guys get some winners here because the model's cranking them out. So pay attention. We can all be sharp betters now. 
We shall see. This is the first week where I fixed my bug from last week. I was feeling a little uneasy. We alluded to it in the last podcast. I found out what it was. My my estimations had been off. I'm not going to go into detail. I'm feeling much more comfortable this week, and we will see how it goes the rest of the year. Can I just before we go in segment to our uh, or segue to our next segment is uh, I picture you trying to find the bug, much like uh, I've been Breaking Bad when Walter White has got a fly in his lab. He <laughs> thinks the fly is contaminating it. And the whole episode is him trying to track down and kill this one fly. I picture you just crunching the data, trying to find the one little fly in all of your information that's throwing you off here. And it sounds like you found it. That's exactly what it is. Banging my head against the wall often. Uh, I think I did it. I like it. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling confident. We'll see how this weekend goes. All right. <laughs> All right, folks. Well, there you go. So check us out on uh, Twitter, Double Down Corp. Check us out on our website, DoubleDownTrent.com. Make your picks. Uh, Mr. Model, thank you. Good luck. I'm looking forward to hopefully extending my lead here. (laughs) I do not think that'll happen for a second. I think I'm going to be coming back, and I'm also excited to talk NFL in the next segment. Yep. So stay tuned for part two. We're going to welcome our insider, NFL insider, Coulter on. So stay tuned for part two of Double Down Trent. throw steps up he's gonna run Jones to the five touchdown Giants Daniel Jones on a seven yard run on a fourth and five from the seven and the Giants have tied it up with 116 to go all right for our second segment of the episode we are talking NFL as usual once again we're welcoming back Coulter to the show you are Coulter officially I feel like our NFL insider so welcome back Oh, thank you for the officially tag. That means a lot to me. Thank you guys for having me. I'm excited to talk about week four. Uh, we got to do some review week, re- review work though in week three because it was an exciting one with all the new quarterbacks and new, new blood is always exciting for the league. Yeah, it happened. And uh, once again, we've got the model on the line. How you doing, Air? Uh, I'm excited. I can't believe that we're having the uh, the next Adam Schefter on the podcast. It can't get much better than this. Yeah, I mean. We got to put Schefter on notice. We already did. He didn't give us credit for our tweets about Antonio Brown. So we've got a better one here. So I like that. <laughs> Antonio Brown. Yeah. Let's not talk about him because he's such a sideshow. There's so much more fun storylines like your boy Daniel Jones breaking yeah. out in Tampa Bay. Let's just jump right into it because <laughs> yeah, why not? Daniel Jones, Danny Dimes, motherfucker Jones. Let's give him as many nicknames as we can. I Looked incredible. Him- Brett Favre 2.0. He looked like Favre engineering that comeback. Dude, so obviously we discussed on this podcast, I was one of millions, maybe millions is a bit ridiculous, but thousands of Giants fans who were shitting on the pick. And all of a sudden, Daniel Jones comes in and looks like he belongs. He looked like he was the quarterback that should have been picked first. And every Giant fan, including myself, needs to say, Hand up. We were wrong. Now, granted, it was only one game, but you got to like what you saw, right, Coulter? Oh, uh, you got to like it. He's got a very favorable matchup this week that we might talk about uh, with our picks in week four against Washington. So the momentum can keep going. I mean, if this team gets to two and two, who knows what can happen? Uh, the defense is young. The defense is not good, clearly. We know that. So we have to temper our expectations with that. I said last week, I think they could get to six wins. So. I think that's still the the bar that they could hit. Yeah, why not? Yeah. Air, did you catch any of it, or what are your takes on Daniel Jones? 
I didn't catch any of the game, but I will admit I picked them up in both my fantasy leagues that I'm doing. So okay. I uh, I paid Must last week, fantasy. paid the Must price. Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. <laughs> I'm looking at a stat line right now: 23 for 36, 336 yards and two touchdowns, no interceptions. Cannot get much better than that as a rookie uh, starting for the first time. Yeah, and he was just he was able to do things that a quarterback in today's NFL game has to do, and that's buy time in the pocket. And I mean, he showed mobility that is, is I think a little rare, but you just, you have to be able to move and buy time. You see it from all these quarterbacks now that they scramble out of the pocket. They avoid the rush, they buy time and they let their receivers get open. I mean, it's impossible for a defender to cover a guy for seven, eight seconds. And that's what he brings. And you know, there is plays where I was watching that game and I love Eli again, I'll reference the picture behind me. He's a great quarterback. He is one of the best or no, he is the best Giants quarterback we've ever had. But there are times in that game where you knew if Eli was in there, it was a sack. It was a throw the ball in the dirt that now with Daniel Jones, it opened that offense. And I actually think that Pat Shermer opened up his offense like he's got the guy that can run his style of offense where he had success in the past in Philly and in Minnesota. He had guys that could at least be athletic in the pocket. And that's what Daniel Jones brings. I think that was a theme of the week, honestly, too. You see some of these other quarterbacks, Gardner Minshew, especially in in Jacksonville, really fit into that scheme really nicely. And uh, I mean, I also think Kyle Allen in Carolina, two guys that hopped in situations that improved their team dramatically. So, I mean, those three teams are really three teams to watch going forward because the improvement at quarterback is giving them value of anywhere between four or five points every week, I think, you know. So we saw last week with Carolina. Can I ask Alan from Carolina, where did he even play college ball? I actually haven't heard of him, and I feel like I'm actually relatively in the know about where quarterbacks are coming from. Where the heck did he play? He was from Texas A&M. We were talking about it before the pod. I thought it was California for some reason, but yeah, he's he kind of bounced around, uh, and he's he's a little bit older. I think he's 24, so he's he's been in the pros for a year now, um, but he's been good. He played one game for them last year, was very effective. Great passer rating, completion percentage is pretty high. Yeah, and so. you know what's interesting is he was at A and M, and then I think uh, Kyler Murray Houston. was coming in. Yeah, and yeah. so he transferred to Houston. So he looked really good, and it, it's a theme. And obviously, you know, there's others that are starting that are young quarterbacks that you know we we all thought were going to be starting, like uh, Kyler and you know Baker Mayfield and this young influx of quarterback talent, but. Like you said, Gardner Minshew, we've got Daniel Jones now, we've got Kyle Allen. I mean, it really is is positioning these teams to have an exciting future. And Aaron, we talked about Gardner Minshew last year. You know, he put up stats at Washington State, man, and those kind of air raid offenses, it looks like for now, they're trailing to the NFL. It's pretty fantastic, and I think it brings a new excitement to the game. Even Luke Falk, who, you know, is backing up the Jets, came in and played half decently. He's coming from a Washington State uh, background as well. So it'll be pretty fun to see if that continues. Yeah. I mean, he walked into a, go ahead. ahead. No, I was gonna say he walked into a buzzsaw of the Patriots defense, but yeah, I mean, he's got that same kind of style of, you know, make your reads, throw the ball a lot. And if you can be accurate with your passes, you you never know. So he's, he obviously he's in a different situation. If our guy Darnold can ever recover from mono, but you know, we'll see what happens there. Yeah, I was just going to add that Falk got, uh, Falk got the cover last week on the road, but it wasn't really his doing. They scored a special teams at a defensive touchdown. But I, I am excited for the air raid offense. Uh, 
it definitely gives a new uh, wrinkle to the game for sure. I don't know if I'm, as you guys know, I'm, I'm still out on Arizona, so I don't know how long-term it is, but I like Minshew a lot. That guy has uh, a lot of spark. You know that I was out on Jacksonville earlier, earlier this yeah. year and, uh, I'm, I'm way back in that was, you know, I was celebrating after the Foles injury, the infighting between Marone and Ramsey went just the way that I was. I was way premature on Jacksonville. They have a quarterback now. I like it. I like that guy. I like what I wow. saw. Wow. Complete 180. Defense. Now a huge, huge Marone fan. And now he's like the Jacksonville's number one fan. I love it. Well, that was my, you know, big takeaway was the young quarterbacks from last week, but you know, to the second big point, I think it was a great week for bad coaches. Bill O'Brien is 2-0-1. Matt Patricia is 2-0-1. Pat Shermer got a huge win. I think he bought himself at least six to eight games. Doug Marone, I mean, another huge win back up against the wall. And we'll get to Jacksonville and Denver. Uh, that's one of my picks. So, uh, yeah, you're right. I've, I've done a 360 on, on the whole Jacksonville situation. Maybe I'm reverse jinxing my uh, preseason bet. But I, I really do like Minshew a lot. I like what I well, saw him. As we know, I picked Doug Marone when we did our preseason yeah. picks to be the first coach fired. And when I saw him getting into it, Jalen Ramsey, I'm like, yes, baby, let's cash some fucking money. But now, all of a sudden, Gardner Minshew. I have a hedge. I have a hedge for you. Minshew is eight to one for rookie of the year. Oh, wait. <laughs> I'd actually like to know what Daniel Jones is right now. He's now the favorite. Ah, oh, fuck. All right. That's that's crazy. That's wild that he's now the favorite. Well, yeah, because he has, he has the situation to get the stats because the defense is terrible. By the way, I got to address this because I'd be remiss not to because we had talked about preseason picks and props and who we're going to cover, you know, bet, fade. And we all agreed. And I actually put bets down on Antonio Brown under under the total number of catches, under the total number of yards and under the total number of touchdowns. And I was like, this is a fucking lock. When he gets suspended by Oakland, I'm like, oh, this is fucking golden. And then you two are texting me like, they're probably not going to honor your bet. He goes to New England. I'm like, oh, here we go. Perfect. He's still on the fucking roster. I'm still under. My bet was alive. He gets cut by fucking New England. And guess what Bavada does? They void my fucking bet. Bavada, you owe me money. We should tweet at them whenever we release this podcast. Seriously. If there are any bookmakers out there who want to have some action that are not Pavada, come to us. I was going to say, you're never going to get a refund from them. The only way you could wage war is go to a different different place. Yeah. I think I'm going to have to. (laughs) You have to. Absolutely. Well, all right. So those are the big takeaways. I'm really excited to see what happens with these young quarterbacks, especially as, uh, you know, some of these stalwart quarterbacks are getting up there in age. It's really exciting. So let's see what we got. Yeah, Uh, let's not forget. We also had Mahomes last year and Jackson this year, too. So we have plenty of young quarterbacks. It's a a great time. And that's a good point, too. They uh, they played against each other. And, you know, that game did not disappoint. That was uh, everything I thought it was going to be. I mean, Mahomes was lighting up the skies. I'd actually... You know, we, we talked about it, and this was in the games that we had discussed, and we weren't sure if Baltimore, you know, was down. Could Lamar Jackson rally them and bring them back? And I'll tell you what, man, he, he made that game close. And at the end of the game, you know, that rushing touchdown he had was, was pretty fucking cool. But, yeah, a lot of young quarterbacks to be excited about. All right. Let's is, that a, is that a good segue into going into our pick contest for last week? That is exactly what it is, Mr. Model. You read my mind. So let's give everyone a update on where we are and what our picks were last week. 
Yeah. So as a quick reminder for the listeners, we're picking two games each week. We're picking a regular, a regular game and a key game. Uh, as you guys know, if you've been listening, we've been in a pick em league where we're picking all NFL games across the whole year against the spread. In the podcast, we're just picking two and we're kind of seeing how each of us do. So last week, to kind of give you guys a reminder about where we landed, Coulter had taken Kansas City minus six and a half over Baltimore, which ended up losing. Uh, it looked good for most of the game and then ended up not uh, being able to cover. And then his key game, Seattle minus four and a half over New Orleans, also missed. It was a loss. I couldn't believe uh, that result. New Orleans played way better than what I was expecting. Um, Kazale, you did a little bit better. You've been the consistent man with the key game. So you got your non-key game correct. You did San Francisco minus six and a half over Pittsburgh that did not come through, but your key game as a Giants fan, you've just been going to the water well of the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. You took them minus 21 and a half over Miami. And sure enough, that looked great. Good job I, by I you. I hate picking the Cowboys. And can I say, I was watching that game and at halftime, it was like 10, six or 10, three, something like that. And I was like, this is fucked. Cause the spread was 21 and a half. And then classic Miami, they just shit the bed. So I hate picking the Cowboys, but if they keep covering, I'm going to keep doing it. Yeah, they might come up this week too. We'll see. And then uh, for me, I uh, I went one and one as well. I got my non-key game incorrect. I had taken Tampa Bay minus six and a half over those New York Giants, which showed up and just stomped. Uh, that, that one hurt a little bit, but I'm not going to be fooled again. Take my word. And then my key game came through. I had taken the LA Rams minus two and a half over Cleveland, and they played pretty well. My biggest regret of the year was not switching that to my key pick. Great value play. Uh Sunday morning, the Browns had six defensive backs injured. There was at least two and a half points worth of value in our pool, and I should have switched. That was a great, great bet. The Rams had such a coaching advantage, too. Uh, that's all I'm going to say because uh, <laughs> I have thoughts on the Browns in a little bit coming up. So I'll tease well, that it, ahead. It's just an interesting point because obviously the listeners know we're in this league. We pick every game against the spread, but for the podcast, we're choosing two. And it just highlights how hard it is to drill down on two games because the standings in our pool, there are, what is it, 29, 30 people in this league. Coulter, you are in first place with 32 correct points. Aaron, you are in fourth place with 28. And all the way down, tied for 19th, is myself, the man, with 22. I am getting shit on in this contest. So just take that with a grain of salt, folks. Thank you for inviting us. <laughs> yeah, we had to hustle the, the league. <laughs> All right. So, so in this contest where we're picking two games, here are the current standings. So we have a tie for first still. Me, the man, no, are tied man. both oh, with six points. Don't worry, I'm not taking I'm not taking your nickname. <laughs> um so I I have four wins, two losses. Ryan, you just keep hitting your key game. You have three wins, three losses. And then Coulter, you're still uh, kind of looking for a rally here. You have one point. You have one win and five losses so far. But I know uh, based on how you're doing overall, that's going to change quickly. Yeah. Last week was the show me the money week. And uh, I wanted to see two things. That was Baltimore play from, playing from behind and Alvin Kamara and Michael Thomas shining without Drew Brees. I asked for it. I got it. You know, that's all you have to say. Ravens backdoor six and a half was too steep. That was stupid. Uh, no excuses. More important, uh, you know, 
the Saints shined. Camaro was great. Uh, Bridgewater wasn't excellent, but they didn't play Taysom Hill, which was the real reason why I was making that pick. So it was a stupid pick. I should have moved off it as my key pick on Sunday in the pool. I, I kept it, but I definitely was looking at the Rams. That was a tempting one for sure. Yeah, and I made a bad decision too. I texted you guys on Sunday that the Packers were wearing their throwback unis, which I fucking hate. <laughs> And solely for that fact, I switched my pick off the Packers, and of course they covered. <laughs> I think that's actually a perfect segue because they covered against my ponies, and uh, I foolishly bet the Broncos last week. I thought eight and a half was great value for them. But here's my best bet, number one of the week, Jaguars plus three and a half against the Broncos. Fading the Broncos pays. I 2-0 fading them in the first two weeks. I bet on them. I lost. Let's go over some numbers here. They were a hideous 10 and 20 and 2 against the spread under Vance Joseph. McBanjo comes in their own three. They are a pitiful, pitiful, pitiful franchise right now. Nobody in America seems to notice this trend. I tweeted about it last week. Maybe it will catch on. This is a team that has no owner and it is pouring down from the top to the bottom of the franchise. They are in a succession catastrophe with the Bowen family. This is not a winning franchise right now. They are my favorite team. I know them inside and out like the back of my hand. Trust me right now, Jags plus three and a half is too much value in our pool. I think it's three elsewhere, but it's three and a half in our pool. I love the extra half point. I just love to save a quarterback edge. Give me every day of the week. Minshew has that team inspired. Flacco has Denver flat. I will not bet on him until he shows me anything. That offense is limp. It hasn't scored more than 16 points. I like the Jags pass rush against the Broncos offensive line. I think this is deja vu. Khalil Mack wreaked havoc in week two. Expect a similar result with Clays Campbell, Ngakwe, and Josh Allen coming to town this week. This is a breaking point for Denver in their season. This team, if they're down 20-6 to at halftime, they're going to give up. Things are going to continue to get worse before they get better for my poor Broncos. Well, I think this is the first time this has ever happened, but I come with this podcast with a post-it note where I pick my two (laughs) games prior to us talking. We don't talk about what games we're bringing. Coulter, I'm coming with the exact opposite of your pick. I'm coming here with Denver minus three and a half as my pick. As your your best bet or just your your first bet? It it was my first one. It was not my key game. Let's hear it then. Yeah, where are you coming from, Mr. Mott? Yeah, so this week is the first week where I have uh, a model up and running for NFL games. It's not as intense as the model that I run for college. For NFL, it takes into stuff like uh, historical points, yards, turnovers, Pythag, um, money line that was set for the game, stuff like that. And I uh, do some feature engineering to come up with some new features that I can use in my model based off of that stuff. Um, so like, you know, think of like turnover, turnover differential and other stuff. Um, so it's certainly not as good as what I would consider my college model, which has been non-existent so far. Um, uh, but we'll talk about that later. Um, so here's what I'm coming with. So my model for whatever reason spit out, it expects Denver to win this game by seven points. So when I looked at all the differentials between what the spread was offered in the office pool thing that we do. This was one of the best games for me to pick because there was a three and a half point difference in terms of what my model was saying and what the spread was. So this is my non-key pick. I'm taking the exact opposite of you, Denver minus three and a half. Now, I will note I'm worried, uh, <laughs> but I, uh, I'm going to be going by model for the rest of the year and we'll see how this goes. I should note, yeah, you know, 
the math adds up on that, especially the turnovers. The Broncos have not gotten a single one this year, so the turnover differential is largely against them, and, and that is something that uh, will get made up over the year. You can't just be continuously bad at that. They will get turnovers. I imagine the rookie playing in Denver in the altitude, they definitely have an advantage there. But my the thing I keep pointing out is this succession catastrophe, and it is just plaguing this team. They are limp as hell. They can't cover anything. This is a team... Rodgers was literally peeing blood four years ago the last time we played him because we hit him so hard and sacked him so hard. We have literally six of this, this 11 defensive starters that were on that team in 2015. He was talking about having scotch and having a bubble bath after Sunday's game against us. It's pathetic. This is not the same team. Everyone thinks they are. This is, I'm telling you, this is a trend. I'm willing to try it out. I understand the, the turnover differential. The math's definitely in favor of Denver, but Man, the ownership thing, I think this is a thing that people should look out for long-term when they're betting. I really do. And that's what surprises me. They don't have a pass rush. They've got Von Miller and Bradley Chubb, and they can't get to the quarterback. I mean, it's unbelievable. Let's just, I mean, even bigger picture. I I ran off the Vance Joseph numbers. This is a team, since Pat Bowen owned it in 1983, that had as many losing seasons as they had uh, seasons that they went to the Super Bowl under Pat Bowen's ownership. Since he stepped down in 2015 when they won the Super Bowl, this team has been an utter mess. We were talking about six different starting quarterbacks, three different coaches. This team, I'm telling you right now, it breaks my heart because they're my favorite team, but they are poisoned. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm with you, Coulter, here. I'm going to have to fade you, Mr. Model. I'm on Jacksonville. I like Gardner Minshew. It's, and for all the glory. It's, it's, a man, it's a man pick for sure. I feel like I'm definitely siding with yeah. the man. I'm, I'm going, going on my gut. numbers for sure. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Absolutely. So, the math doesn't add up. I get that, but I'm going with what I know, and what yeah. I know is my my team stinks. <laughs> I watch right. every week. This is a flat team. This is a team that doesn't. I'm telling you, if Jacksonville gets up in this game, it will be over, and the Broncos will not come back in this game. That's all it takes. And you know, it might go the other way. They might. The Denver defense might get a strip sack on Minshew. That could happen, and it could go completely differently. I could see it, but you know what? Give me the three and a half. That's what I'm worried about. I can't see them coming back. Like Flacco just doesn't have the ability no. to rally. So, and that that was your key pick, Coulter. No, that was my first pick. First Sorry, pick. Yeah, okay. that was just my first pick. Okay, cool. Uh, Mr. It gets Mon- wor- it gets worse for me actually. With my <laughs> <laughs> it's not a good week for me. I'm taking Doug Marone and Freddie Kitchens. Oh baby, oh baby. <laughs> All right, Mister Model, who is your first pick? Yeah, so my that was my first pick. I'm taking oh, okay. Denver minus All three right. and a half. The exact opposite of uh, what Coulter just said. This is the first time that's, that's happened. Uh, no more, uh, no need to go any deeper. I'm going to go Denver minus three and a half. All right. How about that, boys and girls? All right. Um, all right. That's a really good pick. I'm I'm with Coulter on that one, just based on my gut. But uh, my first one here, and again, this is not going to surprise anybody, although it might. I'm taking the Giants, <laughs> taking Daniel Jones for a couple of reasons. Okay. I know the Giants defense also sucks. The Giants defense is so bad right now. They should have lost that game against Tampa Bay, but a miracle missed field goal. I just think at home now, all, all of a sudden after this Daniel Jones hype that the crowd finally has something to be excited about. It's in New York. They're going to be there. This is a fan base that booed the shit out of Daniel Jones, who now has turned around that. I think everybody's excited to see what he can do. And anyone who watched the Redskins on Monday night against the Bears, they are so bad. Case Keenum is an average quarterback. He's always been an average quarterback. But even more, 
They have no defense. They got shredded by fucking Mitch Trubisky. Okay, let that sink in. So I'm taking the Giants. It's only two and a half in our pool here. And I am taking that easy money with the Giants cover. Crazy? Model, or do you want me to take it? Uh, I agree with the Giants. I like Jones in front of the home crowd short week for Washington. Jay Gruden, I mean, he's the first coach fired odds. You got to like that. You got to fade Washington any opportunity you can because he is going to get fired. Vegas is telling you it with those odds. That situation's terrible. They're not a winner. He hasn't gone to the rookie quarterback, which also hurts. Uh, I don't think they can go to the rookie quarterback because Keenum is actually playing decent. Yeah, uh, he's he's average, but he's capable. And I think with a rookie, it could get even worse. These are two teams heading in opposite directions. I think Washington's going to bottom out at 0-6, whereas the Giants are going to win a few games here and be scrappy. They're probably, again, going to be 6-10 and 10 is where I had built ballpark. That's where Vegas had at the beginning of the year. Yeah. They, won't be, they won't be a wild card threat like people are saying, but they'll win games and they'll be feisty. Anyways, they're heading in the opposite direction of Washington, which is heading in the top three of the draft. Uh, you know, they don't also don't need Barkley for this game because Washington's secondary is so terrible. I think Jones can make things happen with his legs, as we pointed out earlier. And uh, most importantly for you, you're getting the low line at two and a half. It's going to be bet up to four, four and a yeah, half. I guarantee it. Definitely. The game is in New Jersey where legal sports betting is happening. Daniel Jones is the number one story. <laughs> you are getting at least two points of free value in this pool that we're playing in with the, with the deadline at two and a half. Uh, I, I just don't think Washington coming off the short week. And they also played a tough Bears defense, too. So this is a team that got banged up. Uh, I, I would definitely take the Giants. Daniel Jones, just the momentum is in their favor. Yeah. Mr. Model? Yeah. So if I was following the model, I'd be against you guys here. But I actually overruled the model Ooh. and manually Ooh. picked. So I took the Giants as well. <laughs> the model has this game as a one-point win from the Giants. And uh, given that, that the line happen. is two and a half, and I felt like with the energy around Daniel Jones, my model obviously isn't smart enough to intake kind of what's been happening there in terms of the QB transition. So this was one thing that I felt comfortable overruling. So I ended up going with New York Giants minus two and a half here as well. All right. Let's do it. If the, I model, says, if the model says it's one point, then it, I could see that happening. You know, yeah. I could see like a mixed, missed extra point. Yeah. That's the difference. Of this Just team. like in Tampa Bay. But I'm hoping right. that's uh, a little bit more. So we'll see. Uh, all right, Colter, kick us off with your key pick. Yeah, I must be going insane because I'm I hate betting on bad coaches. And yet I'm taking Doug Marone on the road and then I'm taking Freddie Kitchens on the road. Uh, <laughs> this one is specifically for value. The Browns in this pool are catching four and a half or four points of line movement. It's open actually at three and a half and it's been bet up all the way to seven and a half. Uh this is just too much value. I, Baltimore is overrated. I think I circled this one in the preseason. I'll get the Browns straight up. I'm bucking the conventional wisdom. Everyone's zigging. I'm going to zag Ravens back to recovered barely. As Aaron mentioned earlier, they rewarded the betters in a huge game. Everybody watched it. It was the game of the week and the Ravens covered. Everyone's going to take that into account. The Browns are getting extra points uh, because of a bunch of injuries and they couldn't cover on Sunday night football in front of a national audience. So again, everybody hates the Browns. Everybody loves the Ravens. I love this as a spot for them. The Ravens secondary overrated. Who is the team that was closest to getting Jalen Ramsey last week? Baltimore. They were almost closing in on a deal to trade one of their tight ends and two first round picks. And it got waved off at the last second. This is a team that knows they have a weakness in their secondary. That's why they were trying to trade for Ramsey. The chiefs exposed it. I think Baker Mayfield has to turn this around eventually. He's too talented of a player. 
I just like it as a schedule spot. The Browns have a big Monday night game at San Francisco. It's 3-0 and coming off a bye in week five. They have to win here. Seven and a half. This is a team that has to win the game. They're getting way, 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 way too many points. If they want to stay alive in this division and in the wild card race, they have to win the game outright. I don't understand how the game is seven and a half. This is a division rival game. I just, it's it's too much value. I know the coaching mismatch is there, but I, I give me Baltimore every day with this many points. All right, Mr. Model, take. So just so you took Cleveland plus seven and a half, correct? Yes. Okay. I'm in. I know it's, I know it's insane. I'm in baby. I love it. I like that pick a lot. Um, so this was another one. This was one of the other games that I was debating going against taking as my non key pick. I am also right there with you. I'm taking Cleveland plus seven and a half. Right. Uh, when I run my model, the model thinks that this is going to be a Baltimore win, but a Baltimore Baltimore win by only four points. So this is right there, similar to the Denver game that I'm seeing a three and a half point difference between what the spread is in the competition and where my model is landing. I'd like to think that Cleveland shows up here and actually plays better than what that we've seen in the past. So I am alongside you. I'm taking Cleveland. Let's go Browns. Well, let's make it around boys. Cause I'm with you. I think it's just too many points. Like I, you know, Baltimore getting the backdoor cover against the chiefs was something, but seven and a half points in a division game where, you know, the Browns needed, as you said, I just, I can't envision this game being a blowout. And I know, like you said, Coulter, Baker Mayfield's got to turn it around eventually. They're, you know, their Ravens secondary is not that good. You've got Odell. He can just take a slant to the house. So I think just getting a touchdown and a half a point is too much to to look away from. So it's not my key pick, but I'm definitely on board with you there. So good job, Coulter. I'll give a bonus pick out to the audience uh, for those who like props. Whatever it is on the Odell Beckham over, for some reason, I just think that that guy is going to have one of his huge weeks. We all know he has it one out of every four or five games. He had it against the Jets on Monday Night Football. I'll give him that. So this would mean that he would have it twice in four games. But something inside of me just tells me everyone on Sunday watching Red Zone is going to be seeing Odell Beckham scoring a touchdown. It just it's my gut feeling. I think the Ravens secondary is weak. The Cardinals exposed it in week two. Mahomes really took advantage of it. Uh, You know, the only thing I worry about is how sloppily coached they are. This is a team that's the opposite of New England. Belichick is the drill sergeant military mind. Freddie Kitchen is the lazy Homer Simpson having a beer on the couch at night as his kid sneaks off to a wild party. I hate that guy, and I hate the way that he's coaching this team. It's so sloppy, but it's just too many damn points. Yeah. All right. Mr. Model, who is your key pick? Yep. For my key pick, I'm going back to the pool of rejuvenation that is the Kansas City Chiefs. They <laughs> Didn't come through for me a week ago, week or so ago when they were playing Baltimore, but I'm back for more as when they're playing Detroit. I'm taking Kansas City minus six and a half over Detroit, and here's why. So the model has this game as a, about a 10-point loss for Detroit, so very similar to what uh, I saw for Jacksonville and Denver. That's about a three-and-a-half-point uh, difference than what we're seeing from the spread to what my model predicts. Again, I think this is purely an offensive fire match. I don't think Detroit's gonna, going to be to keep up uh, with Kansas City like we've seen in other games, similar to something like Oakland. Uh, we shall see if this goes well, but I am taking as my key pick, Kansas City Chiefs. What do you guys think? All right. Uh, you're going back to the well. And, uh, you know, after week one, I think we all agree, especially you, Coulter, that Detroit sucked, that Patricia needed to go. But they've kind of been resilient. They've won the last two games, and they're at home. 
I, I've I've changed this pick twice. I'm with you here on the on the Chiefs, but it's not something that I'm super convinced about. Just because Detroit feels like that team at home that can like keep it close. That's my only thought there. My one thing is to monitor here is the left tackle situation, Eric Fisher. I think Baltimore got good pressure on Mahomes, and although their offense was great, as I just mentioned, uh, he did get the pass rush did get to him a few times. I think that Kansas City offense isn't as explosive without the left tackle. Fisher, obviously, Hill's already gone, and they're missing Damian Williams. So a lot of uh, injuries, and I didn't factor that in, obviously, when I picked them here on the pod last week. I was on the Chiefs, um, as we mentioned earlier. Um, I I can't pick against Kansas City. I will not pick against Kansas City until they beat me. I'm going to ride Andy Reid in September. The left tackle is worth monitoring. If he is out, the six and a half looks pretty juicy for Detroit, who has actually a pretty decent pass rush. But let's remember, this Detroit team tied Arizona week one. They're fool's gold. They got lucky against the Chargers in week two, and Philadelphia had so many injuries in week three. Give me the Chiefs. They're they're just better, right? Mahomes is the best player on the planet. He's he's a magician, and Andy Reid coaches well in September. It's a coaching mismatch. I know I went with Freddie Kitchens, and it didn't make sense in my last pick, but I'm going with the better coach here. Sometimes you just close your eyes, and you just go with that. And Stafford, can't you see this game being uh, 31-24, and you're wondering, oh, am I going to cover, or the line's going to backdoor me with Stafford? And then Stafford throws a pick six, and the game goes (laughs) in the complete opposite direction of if you're betting Detroit that you want it to go in. That one makes a lot of sense to me where it's not the Kansas City offense covering the game, Kansas City's defense doing something big late in the game that helps you cover in a big way. See, and Kansas City's defense has been improving. They've been yeah. really good. I think yeah. the best thing that you got there is I just can't see Detroit scoring with, with Kansas City. Like, they just can't. So I think they'll, that's they'll your best They'll try bet. and they'll fail like yeah. every other team in the league has. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm with you, but it's just I, I wouldn't be willing to put that as my key pick, but hey. They don't call me key pick Cazale for winning every key pick that we've done so far. So you've been on fire. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Are we, are, are we going with the Cowboys or what? Listen, I've rode the Cowboys. They've come through for me in, uh, you know, awesome fashion. They got, they made me a little nervous last week, but they've come through. I am not picking them this week as my key pick. I am picking them though in the pool to cover the two and a half against the saints. I'm not going to do that as my key pick though. I am going to make a key pick solely based on how bad this other team has been playing. My key pick is the Indianapolis Colts at home, seven and a half, and the Raiders. I just see in no world where the Raiders can go into Indianapolis, which is a tough place to play. The Colts are pretty good at home, and Jacoby Brissett has actually been playing way better than people had anticipated. I think once everyone heard about Andrew Luck, they were just scared. But Brissett's been solid. They've got a pretty good team, and the Raiders just suck. Okay, they they got blown out by the Chiefs, and obviously they're a much better team. They went on the road last week to Minnesota and got just the shit pushed in. I can see the same thing happening this week against the Colts, so I'm, go, I'm going with the Colts here, 7.5. Yeah, I, I would wonder where this game would settle on Sunday morning. I don't know where it is right now. I think it's 8 but I could see it shooting up to nine, nine and a half. So you're getting the low line in our, again, the pool, which is a deadline. So I love the value there. Uh, again, coaching mismatch, Frank Reich. I, I have Frank Reich as the league's eighth best coach. He is a good coach. John Gruden is not. That's all we know after the first three weeks. Again, I think that fool's gold week one victory on Monday night, that game is a wacky game. We've talked about it, that weird 10, 20 start. And my Broncos stink as we've also covered on this podcast. So I think the Raiders, even if they were valued at all here, which I, I think the Vegas line is pretty fair that they, they think the Raiders stink. And I think they do too. And 
yeah, give me the give me give me Indianapolis, better coach, better quarterback, better situation. Oakland is on the road for a while too. This yeah. is the spot for them. They're on the road against Minnesota. They're on the road against Indianapolis. They play in London next week, and then they come back and they're on the road after a bye against Green Bay. This is a team that doesn't play at home for a while. Yeah, and I think that fatigue is definitely going to wear on them. I'll take the Colts for sure. I agree, Mr. Model. I'm against you here. <laughs> I'm not comfortable with it though. So this could be, I could see this being a game that I flip flop on. So um, currently what I'm seeing from the model is that they have the mo- this pegged at right around seven point win from the Indianapolis Colts. So it's super close to that seven and a half spread that we're talking about. I felt pretty indecisive about which way I was going to lean. So currently I have my pick as Oakland plus seven and a half. Um, I do agree with you guys. I just think uh, from top to bottom, uh, I think the coaching is no comparison. Frank Reich is definitely the better coach. I like the talent that I see on Indianapolis. There's a lot of youngsters on Oakland who I know will get better with time, but they're maybe not there yet. I'm not there yet, though, either. So as of right now, as as of this recording, I'm going to stay with my Oakland plus seven and a half pick. Okay. Your pick is like your hairline. I just did a quick look at our pool and I forgot I actually am on Oakland. <laughs> oh shit! What the hell? I don't know what my logic was though. I, you presented a pretty good case. I kind of like Indianapolis. <laughs> <laughs> I might switch that one. Yeah, that I don't know why I thought maybe the value was just the seven and a half. I thought was too high. Uh, I don't know. That was weird. Yeah. All right. Uh, okay. Are there any uh, bonus picks you want to throw out to listeners, Mister Model? Do you have any uh, value picks that you can see there? Well, I guess the question I would ask you guys is what game do you think that I'm seeing as the biggest spread uh, as of right now? The biggest Ooh. spread is Miami. They're going to be the biggest spread for it throughout the year. Every week, Miami will be the big, the team with the biggest dog for sure. You, and I like, you mean, I like Miami. Do you mean the biggest spread or the biggest differential from our line and what your model's showing? Uh, no, I was asking just purely based on spread. So I think what I'm seeing there, I'm actually, I don't have the line pulled up, but I think it what, was around 16, 17, yeah. something like that. 16 and a half. Yeah. Um, so this is actually an interesting one. I'm not super comfortable with it now, but the model for that game, for example, has about 11 point loss from Miami. So currently yeah. I'm, I'm taking the dolphins in that pick. Me too. Um, yeah. I like the value I'm getting there. I didn't feel comfortable enough, even though that was a bigger differential to make that my key pick, just based on what Miami has done and where they're kind of trending. It feels like that's certainly something the model wouldn't be able to incorporate in kind of the data that it uses. So to me, I'm currently on Miami, but I'm like, that is a huge number of points for the chargers to come through. But uh, we'll see if I flip flop that on Sunday morning too. Yeah. I, I, mean, I love, te- I love teams like Miami and Kansas city and, the, the spread is deceiving. You know, Kansas City didn't cover last week because of a garbage t- touchdown. Miami had two turnover pick sixes against New England and got blown out. Everyone's thinking 43 nothing. Really, that game wasn't that big of a blowout. And then last week, as Ryan mentioned, was covering at half uh, halftime. Yeah, the game got away from them. It could get away from them here. But let's be honest, the Chargers... Eckler has been great, but this is not a running offense. The Gordon situation, this is a – Phil Rivers likes playing in chaotic, passing, weird situations. I don't trust this team to run the ball and keep a huge lead on a team or break out in a game. I just think this one will be closer than 60 and a half. Yeah, I agree. I just, yeah, Miami's going to be that team that's always going to have the giant spread this year, and it's just going to be crazy. But I, I actually picked Miami this week too because I'm not buying in, into the Chargers just yet. And like we said, could, I think – How could you? Yeah. I mean, they don't have a home field advantage. I know this game is in Miami, but yeah, I just, I, I don't buy into them. They're just, for whatever reason, I don't think they're that good of a team. So, 
All right, gentlemen. Well, let's look forward to a good week four. Coulter, you've got the uh, the the lead right now in the pool. Aaron is close behind, and I am somewhere in the shitter. So we'll see if I can make a comeback. But I got to get better on this podcast, though. I, our listeners are going to start thinking you know, I'm the one who schools <laughs> gold. I'm, I'm the one who's making fun of all these coaches and teams. But I keep giving losers on the pod. Uh, I swear the picks in the pool are good, though. But, you know, the it's logic's tough. there. It's tough. Mr. Model, maybe we can tweet out uh, some of our new followers, some picks, some things to look for this weekend. Yeah, so as a quick plug, I I submitted, I put out some of the college picks uh, earlier today, but I haven't done anything with the NFL. I was going to give it a week just to see kind of how it's gone, even though that would be a super small sample size. Um, but I've already started putting out on Twitter the top five college picks. So we'll talk about that, or we talked about that in the first segment. Yeah, Awesome. Okay, well, that's episode 50 in the books. We'll see everybody next week. Baby, look at me. Look at me. Your money, you know what else? You're a big winner tonight. I want to leave. You're a big winner. I'm going to ask you a simple question. I want you to listen to me. Who's the big winner here tonight at the casino? Huh? Mikey, that's who. Mikey's the big winner. Mikey wins. All right, fine. I'm an asshole, but you know what? You're the big winner tonight, Mikey. You're the big winner in more ways than one.